is my shepherd, I shall not want. When you think about the Lord as our shepherd, listen to what the Word of God says in Matthew chapter 6 and down in verse 24. Verse 24, the Word of God says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In Romans chapter 6, Romans the 6th chapter, and down in verse 16, Romans 6 and verse 16, there we read, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. This goes hand in hand with you cannot serve two masters. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 1, the Word of God says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Hear what the Word of God is saying. If you walk after sin, you yield yourselves to serve sin, you're literally serving Satan. That's what it's saying in Ephesians. He works in the children of disobedience. Who are the children of disobedience? Those who are not believers. So when we read the Lord is my shepherd, he is your master. He is your shepherd. And if he's not your master and shepherd, you're serving Satan. There's only one or two ways of who you can serve. You cannot serve two masters, is what Jesus said. So even, either you're serving the Lord or you're serving the devil. Now this is vitally important because this is what determines your destiny, is who your master is, who your shepherd is, who your guide is. Are you completely satisfied with the master of your life. I say that because we went over verse 1 last week. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Are you completely satisfied with your shepherd? Are you completely satisfied with the Lord of your life? You think about it. Here we say, the Lord is my shepherd. Wait. When is He our shepherd? He's our shepherd 24-7, 365 days out of the week. He's constantly watching over His flock. That's my shepherd. He cares for His own. We lose sight of that sometime, that the Lord is our shepherd. We lose sight of Him. We've got problems. We start worrying. We have all kinds of problems in the cares of this world. But what we read here, if he is our shepherd, he cares for us. He cares so much for us that he gave his life for his flock. He delights over his flock. The Lord has a flock of sheep. He loves his sheep. Now, you think about the love that he's shown toward us. You know he loves you. That, that's, it's not a question. It should not be a question in your mind whether the Lord loves you or not. He's proven his love. 
So if there's ever any doubt that the Lord loves you, you need to kick that doubt out of your mind. Accept the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He loves us because we're his flock, but he also loves us because for his namesake. Imagine, and I, I'm going I'm to I'm feed you a lot of stuff out of the book which Philip Keller wrote back in 1970. A shepherd's look at Psalm 23. He was a shepherd. And as he shepherded sheep, you can imagine him when he got his first flock. He bought a bunch of lambs. You can imagine how exciting it is to have your own sheep. You spend, you sweat, you break your back getting money, and you purchase your own little flock. Boy, you'd be proud of him. And that's what he was. He was very proud of his flock of sheep. And he delighted in his sheep. But you know what? He learned a lot of lessons in having to take care of those sheep. It's not like they take care of themselves. The Word of God tells us over in John chapter 10 and verse 11 and 12, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. You know what? If it's a hireling, the hireling doesn't care about the sheep. They can just go on their merry way, do what they want. They can starve to death. They can get all kind of parasites, all kind of things. You know, The hireling don't care. But the owner... If you've purchased those sheep, how your sheep look is a reflection upon who you are. Now think about that with us. We're a reflection of our God. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. There ought to be a reflection of the image of God concerning our Lord Jesus Christ living in our hearts and our lives, there ought to be some bit of that shining through us into a lost and dying world. Yet when you think about it, Jesus Christ is our shepherd. And you think of the goodness that he has for us, watches over us day and night, never misses a lick, never slumbers nor sleeps. Knows your every problem, knows your every need, knows your every little toothache or backache or knee ache or hip ache or any other ache or all the aches, if you get all the aches, like this mysterious thing going around. He knows all about that. He's the good shepherd. He's called the great shepherd. He's called the chief shepherd. Yet, I want you to ask, see if you can answer this. You don't have to answer it out loud. Why are some people discontent? Why are some who call themselves Christians not satisfied with this good shepherd who's given his all for us? Have you ever met a discontent Christian? Come on, be honest with me. We all can shake our heads real hard. The big question, I don't want to look on this, how many of y'all are the discontent question? <laughs> we pray that's, that's none of us. But it seems like in some people's mind, the grass is always greener on the other side. That's the old saying. It's kind of like the sheep 
that's on this side and he's got green grass, he's sticking his neck through the fence trying to get on the other side to grass that is not even as good as that grass. That's the way Christians are a lot of times. They're just not satisfied with what they've got. There are some who call themselves Christians that are trying to grab the best of both worlds. In other words, they got a foot in the world and they try to get a foot in heaven. They'll say they know the Lord, but they want the pleasures of the world. You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like the heart is divided. Remember what I said when I started out, no man can serve two masters. You can't have your foot in both sides. Philip Keller wrote that he had one ewe lamb, E-W-E, ewe, not a Y-O-U lamb, a E-W-E lamb. And this lamb, the way he described this lamb was perfect. Beautiful face, beautiful wool coat, real stout, strong. He described this lamb as very attractive. Well, not a lamb, it was a ewe, it was a grown sheep. She was the beautifulest sheep that he had of all his flock. She gave birth to lambs, and they were strong lambs. But the problem with this beautiful lamb that he had that was better than all the others is that she was restless. If there was a fence or a pen, she'd always go to the pen's edge and try to see if she could get out. She was always trying to squeeze through some little crack or trying to, she was always trying to get out. She was always pushing the limit. You know what I'm talking about. She was always thinking, it's the other side I got to get to. The grass is greener on the other side. The problem with this mama sheep is that the lambs that she gave birth to learned from her. So she was setting a bad example for her little lambs, plus even some of the other sheep that would wander off with her. It got to be a bad problem, a real bad problem, because she would get out, and some of the others would get out, and she would not straighten up. Very interesting in the book of Philip Keller, writes he had to make a decision about this sheep. The most beautiful sheep out of all his flock. He took the butcher knife and had to kill it. Because it was such a bad influence upon all the other sheep. Our life as a witness, as a disciple of Christ, you know what? Your influence goes a long way farther than you even know it. How you live your life, people see, and people who don't, you don't even know are seeing, see. So you're setting an example. This kind of reminds me of the passage of Scripture over in 1 John chapter 5, where John wrote this, he said in verse 16, If any man see a brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. I do believe a person can get into sin and not repent and continue into sin, and I believe our lives can be taken 
because God wants his name honored. I believe there's a correlation there with this sheep that lost its life because it was a restless sheep. You know what? There are a lot of people who call themselves Christians that are very restless. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You remember as we looked at that last week, we shall not lack in anything, nor do we have to desire anything because the Lord is our shepherd. If he is our shepherd, he'll give us what we need. He is faithful. But do we trust him as our shepherd to give what we need? I want us to start in verse 2 tonight. Well, it's a long introduction. But verse 2 shows how the shepherd provides for the sheep. And I ain't going to finish verse 2, I don't think. But I want you to notice the provision. In verse 2, he says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, from what I've read, for a sheep to lie down, there's got to be four requirements met before the sheep will lie down. The sheep just does not lie down because there's certain things that hinder the sheep from lying down. One, they've got to be free of all fear. If the sheep is fearful, it will not lay down. Two, there cannot be any friction with other sheep. I find this very interesting. We'll go in depth with each one of these little points. Three, They've got to be free of any kind of pest, such as parasites, fleas, or flies. Or If there's fleas and flies, like it, it irritates them, and they will not lie down. Four, they've got to be free of hunger. If they are hungry, they just keep walking around, and they're very restless. Now, each one of those points only a good shepherd can provide for the sheep. Sheep are pretty dumb animals. They're pretty defenseless animals. About all a sheep can do to hurt you is butt you. <laughs> Here come ram you with his head. That's about it. Not bad. The master or the shepherd, the owner of the sheep, wants his sheep to flourish. The Lord is our shepherd. He wants you and I to flourish. He wants us to grow. He wants us to glorify his name. His name is at stake in our lives. Therefore, the good shepherd watches over his sheep. Sheep are very, very timid. By that, I mean they're very skittish. If they hear a rustling or a noise, it's kind of like they got high anxiety. It's kind of like our little log. Gets freaking out. Sheep, if they hear a noise, they will not lie down. Sometimes the sheep, if they are about to give birth to a lamb, oftentimes they lose their lambs because they're under some type of duress. 
the writer mentioned how he lost nine in one night because there was a mountain lion off in the distance and it had, a, had the sheep all stirred up and nine sheep lost lambs. By the next morning he woke up, he found them all dead. Sheep and lambs. So it can be a great loss to a shepherd if the sheep have fear. What this writer did, he, when he found his lambs dead and his sheep dead, the mountain lion didn't kill them, didn't go in and eat them or anything. It just stirred them up. He started sleeping with his flashlight and his rifle. Now, I wouldn't sleep with a rifle. I'd probably shoot myself. He slept with his flashlight and light, uh, rifle, and he had a collie. And any time he heard those sheep stir, he'd run out to them. He was right there. He was right on the spot. And what happened is that he learned over time that his presence brought comfort to the sheep. Boy, isn't that a comforting thought. When you feel agitated, unrest, or problems, or anxiety, or whatever it might be going on, isn't it a comfort to know Hebrews 13, 5, which I've told you over and over again. is one of my favorite passages. When you get into the Greek, it goes into triple negatives. I will know not, never leave you. I will know not, never forsake you. He's emphatic. His presence is always there with us. Now you think about that. You think about the times we're going through in our time that we're living in. He makes me lie down in green pastures. His presence drives away whatever fear you might have. We get fearful when we lose sight of that, don't we? I'm sure there's times in your life you feared... We're all big enough to know there's been a time where we were shaking our shoes or scared. Had a little anxiety going on there. But when you realize the presence of the shepherd is right there with you, there's a calmness that comes to your soul. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. His presence drives away fear. I want you to think with me for a moment. What is it in our immediate time that we're living in, day by day, that brings about a little bit of anxiety or maybe a little bit of fear? Or, you know what, one of the bigger things would be the fear of the unknown. You think about some of the news stories that's going around today. There's a, going to be a food shortage. I can't remember how many millions of chickens were killed, one point something million because of bird flu or something. And you think of there's shortages going on. I go to a restaurant the other day, they're out of lettuce. I'm going, how do you get out of lettuce? How can the shortage of lettuce be? And yet they're saying it's going to get worse. If you listen to the news long enough, you have fear about a lot of things. You can fear sickness, you can fear the flu, you can fear the COVID, you can fear blood clots, you can fear 
there's a lot of things that can cause fear in your life. Sister Ann, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, had a heart attack. Major. It was the Widowmaker, wasn't it? One of them big ones. But God spared her life. We could live in fear of something like that happening to us. Or we can focus on the scripture and see the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to lack. He's going to provide and his presence will bring calmness in whatever situation happens in life. He is sovereign. Here is the Lord who is our shepherd. One of the greatest doctrines concerning the Lord is his sovereignty. I put the holiness first, but his sovereignty. There are evil men in this world, and I believe they're trying to change culture and trying to change society, trying to change the way we live. But God is still on the throne. I will not fear what man can do to me. Is what it says also in Hebrews 13, 5. He brings a calmness to our soul. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. But you know what? When you get your focus off the Lord and you get it on things, you can fear. I want us to move on because that was just the first one. What else will cause a sheep not to lie down. Friction. When you think about friction with other sheep, what we're talking about is what's called, you might have heard, a pecking order. Or climbing up the ladder. Boss is the top dog. In sheep's lives, they have a pecking order. I forgot what they call it, but it's a budding order, I think is what they call it. And what sheep do, they, they do just like people do. They will hurt others to get what they want. They will try to get their domain. They want to be top dog. It's in their social life that they build up rivalries and competitions. If one sheep is the boss sheep, so to speak, what will happen? She'll firm up and she'll walk up to a sheep, and if that sheep's laying down, if that sheep don't move, she'll butt it up in the air. <laughs> and she'll keep butting that sheep. Now, that causes problems. But what that sheep, that sheep wants that territory, where that green grass is, where that sheep's laying. I want what they got. And so they butt. And they try to dominate others. I find this so interesting because sheep can be bossy. And they're always contesting. There's always conflict. There's always the jealousy. And when that's their button around on other sheep, button in their territory, the sheep as a flock, they suffer. What the shepherd does 
when he comes in, the sheep straighten up. Isn't that interesting? Here's a bad sheep trying to butt everybody else and trying to get in their territory. Shepherd comes, sheep behaves. When the Lord is in our presence, it makes a vast difference, doesn't it? You don't want to be top dog <laughs> when the Lord's in your presence. He's at the top of the pecking order when it comes right down to it. Not me, not you, not anybody else. What happens with the sheep, there's an attitude change. There's a behavioral change. It's the same way in human life. The problem with human beings is that when they don't get their way, they get hate builds up. And they start coveting what others have and desiring what other people have. And they want it. and They want their way. The life of a Christian ought to be one, as verse 2 says, kind of like lying down in green pastures. You know what that gives me a, a picture of? It's kind of like being content with what you got. Are you content in life with what you have, where the Lord has you? That's basically what we're saying here. The Apostle Paul said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. I have learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you think about a lost person, you just think about the illustration I gave you of talking to someone today. If a person is lost and they're caught up in all this news and all this crazy junk, it's constant negative, 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 negative. You know the most comforting person they can talk to is somebody walking with the Lord. If they don't believe in the Lord, the best person they can talk to is you if you're walking with the Lord. You know why? Because you're content. You're calm. These things that are happening in this world do not rattle our cage, do not shake our soul because the Lord is our shepherd. God's placed us here for that purpose to be his ambassadors, our representatives. We're here representing our Lord Jesus Christ. What happens, the shepherd, when he comes in, he ends all rivalry. When the Lord comes in our presence, there is no rivalry. Jesus experienced this. Do you remember the story where Jesus experienced this with his own disciples? Listen to what it says over in Mark chapter 9. In Mark the ninth chapter, down in verse 33, Mark 9 verse 33 says this, And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it you disputed about among yourselves, by the way? But they held their peace. <laughs> Jesus knows what they were talking about, and so he questions them. The Word of God reveals what they were talking about. It says, For by the way, they had disputed among themselves, Who should be the greatest? Here's the pecking order problem. <laughs> 
And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receives me, and whosoever shall receive me receives not me, but him that sent me. Jesus is saying, The least shall be the greatest. You know what? That's a humbling thought. Being pastor makes me least, not the greatest. I'm a servant. That's all I am. I'm just a messenger. If you're getting mad at me, you're getting mad at the messenger boy. You better take it up with the one who sent the message, who gave the message. You see, in the presence of our Lord, or as they say, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. If we focus on Him, what's going to happen? We're going to exalt Him. We're not going to look to climb a ladder and try to be over others and try to have a position and try to have a title and try to have a big name or anything like that. No, our purpose is to exalt Him. Point number three. We're getting there. We're halfway there for the four points. These sheep must be free of all pest. It's a very interesting concept. Pest would be the fleas or the little bugs, parasites, whatever it might be. You can imagine sheep, if they're in a flock and they want to lay down and flies are around their eyes, around their head. You know what? They lay eggs and they do all kind of nasty stuff with those sheep. If the shepherd does not look after the sheep. Well, this shepherd did. He basically, he had to put some type of ointment upon them, some type of insect repellent. I wouldn't doubt back in the Lord's day and time, in biblical day and times, they probably used some type of oil that was a repellent, whether it was a plant or something, that would repel these parasites and different types of pests. Because if the animal is agitated, it's not going to lay down. So it is the shepherd's responsibility to do that. The sheep doesn't go and say, I'm going to go put me on some bug spray. (laughs) The sheep ain't smart enough to do that. The shepherd's got to take care of the sheep. So the shepherd is responsible for that. So he's got to watch out for the sheep. He's got to keep an eye on the sheep. He's got to make sure there aren't any pests around the sheep. Do you know what in the Bible that all is a type of? Huh? The Holy Spirit. Now if you think about that, there was a lady, and I've given this illustration time and again. I can't remember her name. I, I remember. I think I remember. Anyway, I think her last name was Tweet. This Tweet was a dear old lady. Twist. Tweet. What is it? Twist. Was it twist? Twist. I was close between a tweet and a twist and a twist. <laughs> but anyway, she's a dear lady. She'd probably gone to be with the Lord at this time, uh, but she worked at the Hope Center. And I remember she took us for a tour as a youth group for, at the Hope Center. And when she did, there was this street person come up to her 
and he, he was an African-American, had a white lady with him, and he looked at Miss Twist and said, what are you looking at? Why are you looking at me like that? You don't like what I like me because I've got a girlfriend that's white. I mean, he just really just started getting in her face. And she's taking us for the tour. Well, I'm standing there just like, what's she going to do about this? <laughs> she says, oh, no, sweetie. I just wanted to let you know. And she just started talking to him all nice and everything. Just a flowery spirit. That's just her personality. And you know what? There was a calmness that come over that whole situation. I thought, wow, that's impressive. And you know what? It's the Spirit of God, His presence that brings that calmness. When things get a little bit on edge, if someone's trying to stir up trouble, I don't know if you have or ever have that in your life. You have somebody in your life that's constantly trying to throw darts at you or jabs at you or try to put you down or whatever it might be. You need to rely upon the Lord. And His Spirit will give you a calmness through whatever situation. If you're not careful what you will do, you'll rely upon the flesh. And you'll respond in the same type spirit as the person attacking you, which brings you down to their level. And that's not the way to handle the situation. You pray for them. You call upon the Lord. The Lord will get rid of the pest <laughs> or the parasites, however you want to call them. Fourth point, for a sheep to lay down, he has got to be free of all hunger. If you think about it in the Middle East, over in Israel, in this area, in this land, it's very dry, very arid, not a lot of grass. There's a lot of rock a lot of dirt. <laughs> to have green growth for sheep to vegetate, it takes moving a lot of rock. It takes a lot of back-breaking work to provide for the sheep. You got to irrigate to get water. There's a lot of work in getting grass for sheep to eat. But that work is necessary to have sheep that flourish. The Lord promised Israel that he was going to bring them into the land of milk and honey. Now milk and honey, have you ever thought what does that mean? The land of milk and honey. Well, it's talking about prosperous times in particular times of the year. It's talking about when the pastures are most productive, at their most productive stages. Springtime, harvest in that time, the land flowing with milk where sheep, when they eat well, the sheep can feed the lambs with the milk. And there's honey because the bees are in the air and they're producing. When you think about being free from hunger, these sheep, what happens when they start flourishing 
It's kind of like a picture of a lost person. When they come to a saving knowledge of Christ, their lives are changed, and they enter into that promise of milk and honey. This is not a prosperity gospel I'm talking about. I'm talking about if the Lord is your shepherd, he's going to provide all your needs. All your needs will be provided. And say all your wants and whims, all your needs will be provided. He's your shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He watches over his own. He loves you. And his eyes upon you 24 7, 365 days out of the week, year. Oh, what a good shepherd he is. Why would we want to feed on the barren things of this world that do not satisfy? Like the sheep that was the beautiful sheep that just wanted to go to the edge and get on the other side of the fence. End up lost, parasites, all kind of problems, no food. All this world has to offer us is empty pleasures that are only for a season that soon pass away and leave you in misery. Can you say the Lord is my shepherd? I shall not want. He's the one that provides. He makes me to lie down. In green pastures. You see why I spent so much time on this today. This is just so good. Because this is right where we are in life. If you know the Lord is your shepherd, you're content. You're content in Him because you know He's providing for your every need. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for providing us who are like sheep that have all gone astray with the good shepherd of your son. And Lord, we are so thankful for how you provide for our needs. We can have anxieties and fears in this life, but oh, how they simmer down and die away when we realize your presence is right there with us. So Lord, help us to hang on to these precious promises, your truth. Hide it in our hearts that we would not try to fulfill the desires of the flesh. Lord, that we would be satisfied in you that we might be a help to this world who is trying to fill their thirsty soul with all the things of this world that's only making them worse. We thank you for loving us when we're so unlovable at times, when we're so dumb like sheep sometimes. You've loved us with an everlasting love. We give you thanks for all you've done and all you're going to do. For Christ's sake, amen.